Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. What God really put on my heart for today actually came out of a devotional from the Passion Translation. So there is, uh, Brian Simmons has the, the standalone, you know, Psalms and Proverbs um, book. And at the end of that book, there's a 31-day devotional for Psalms and a 31-day devotional for Proverbs. This one, it was uh, Psalms 27. And I read this uh, maybe a few months ago, and it really ministered to me. Um, Actually, we can just keep the picture up there for now. It's fine. Um, It really ministered to me. And at that time, I was going through something, you know, the title of it was Fearless Faith, and I'm like, I need fearless faith right now. I don't exactly remember what I was going through at that moment, but I just knew I was like, it spoke to me deeply. And there were some things that were said in it that I wrote down. I have hundreds of notes, just little thoughts that God gives me throughout the day, throughout the weeks. I say, you know, this is probably going to be a sermon someday. So, and I come back to him when I'm prepping for sermons that God is today the day. Is this the time or are you speaking something new? For this week, he brought me back to the Psalms 27 devotional. And it's funny because the way that I actually took it in the beginning has really nothing to do with what my sermon is going to be about today. And he really, he highlighted one specific part. It was Psalms 27, uh, 10 through 11 in the Passion Translation. And it says, David, you know, my, my father and my mother abandoned me. I am like an orphan. But you took me in and made me yours. Now teach me all about your ways and tell me what to do. Make it clear to me, make it clear for me to understand, for I am surrounded by waiting enemies. And in the devotion, uh, it says, God, uh, God became a father to David and gave him the four things that every child needs from a parent. And this is what hit me so hard. These four things that every child needs from a parent, acceptance, attention, direction, and protection. I sat on these four words for the good majority of this week. And I'm very visual. I I like to write things out. So I have a whiteboard in my office and I wrote these four things down and I kept writing ideas around them and then I erase all the ideas and I'm like, I knew there was something here. I just couldn't figure out why. I couldn't, couldn't make sense of it. I'm like, God, you gave it to me. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is for a different time. So then I went, and I'd start writing another sermon or thinking, oh, this is a good thought. And my whiteboard's just sitting there staring at me. God's like, talk about those four things. I'm like, if you want me to talk about those four things, you got to give me something to talk about then. You got to give me a direction because I'm not getting it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe that's just my stubbornness. Like, it sounds cool. Acceptance, attention, direction, protection. Acceptance, attention, direction, protection. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's whatever. Like, it's just catchy. That's why. And so I moved away from it, and he brought me back to it again. And he said, what is the truth about each one of these things? What is the truth? He simply told me, start with the truth about acceptance, attention, direction, protection. I said, all right. 
So now you may be able to think up of scriptures that to you would have more meaning or better describe these words. That's fine. I have the microphone right now. So I'm going to give you the scriptures that when I think of these four things, this is what to me is the epitome in my life for acceptance. The pure version of acceptance to me is Romans 8, uh, 14 through 18. And this is out of the Passion Translation. And it says, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did, not receive the Holy, you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fears of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. We're talking about acceptance here. This is, this is the first thing that says one of the four things that every child needs from Father. You have received the spirit of full acceptance. I'm just going to give you a little heads up. There's some of y'all who haven't accepted that fully yet but we'll get there. Enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. That's, that's verse 16. I want you to tuck that away for later because that's going to be very important for what we're going to talk about. Verse 16 again, it says, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. And 18 is my favorite, because when I read that, I'm like, accept his sufferings. That doesn't sound so good. Everything else before that sounded fantastic. I want all those things, but I don't know that I want his sufferings. And in 18, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. You know what? The glory that is about to be unveiled today, I promise you, whatever suffering you think you might be going through, whatever things are going to be revealed today, I promise you it is less than nothing compared to what you're going to receive from the Father. So that's acceptance. Attention. To me is Matthew 7, 7 through 11. This is out of the ESV. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. And knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If then... Uh, if, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? For anybody that has children or has been around a child for any amount of time, or maybe a grown-up that acts like a child, what's vital in giving that person attention? You, it's listening. You have to listen. 
a child will will automatically feel worthless if they're pouring out their heart and your focus is and is somewhere else i i actually get distracted pretty easily like even with me and my wife when we're talking if we're having a serious conversation like i got like the tv has to be off like no loud noises no i'm like i'm trying to like lock in she can talk through anything it doesn't bother her it doesn't whatever and i'm like but i want to give her that attention i don't want anything to pull my attention away and so the same thing with a child and so when i'm thinking of the pure version like to me when it says ask seek knock like god giving us that attention that pure version it says i am here for you but what it really does to dive a little deeper into that is yes, God wants to hear everything you have to say. He wants to answer everything according to his will. But sometimes the attention that we have to give says that, okay, whatever you asked me for, that's great. This might be what you want, but I'm going to give you what you need. And that's sometimes the attention we don't want. My children, I can tell you many times when I've given them the attention that they needed, not that they wanted, it's not, it doesn't, they have to think for a second. I was like, okay, do I really want this? I'm like, yes, let's go. All right, we bought you some candy. We bought you something. Okay, but no, you cannot eat it all right now. Save it, you know, the, the, tomorrow. Like, you're, you're going to get sick if you do this. No, you don't have anything that you have to get up for tomorrow morning, but it's still not a good idea to stay up until 1 a.m., watching junk on YouTube. Like, it's just, let your brain rest. Let your, like, there's importance in the resting. So sometimes the attention that we need is not always the thing that we want, but the good father, that's why he will still give you the opportunity to keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Because even if you asked for the wrong one, you know what? Let's try it again. What did you learn from the last time you asked? What did you learn from the last time you sought me and didn't get exactly what you wanted? The good father, the pure version of this is he's not going to give up on you. His attention is always going to be focused on you. But there really is that difference between what we want and what we need. None of that came out in the 9 a.m., so just for you guys. Direction and protection. I put these two together. And just what really embodies this for me is Psalms 23. And this is in the ESV. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If that's not direction and protection, I don't know what is. God will absolutely direct you. Sometimes the direction that he's going to take you is scary. Sometimes he's going to lead you through that crazy valley. Sometimes he's going to sit you amongst the people that want nothing but your demise, 
Why would he do that? Because he trusts you so much to know that you're the one that's going to really show them love. Because you're the one that no matter what they do, it's not going to touch you. That, that his protection, yes. Thank God for the times when it's his, it's his staff trying to come. And I hate the times when it's the rod coming in like, dummy, stop that. I do believe like God will, if my daughter is getting ready to run into traffic, I will break her leg if that's what it takes to stop her. If I have no other choice, it's either hit by a car or a cast for a little while. That's all I can reach. Oh, I'm taking a kneecap out. That's no question. I will protect her even if it means I'm sorry that this happened. And you know what the unfortunate part about that is? She didn't see the car. So what she's going to have to come to terms with is why did my dad do this to me? How many times have we gotten hurt by God and we didn't see the truck coming and we just blamed, why did my dad do this to me? Why would God do this to me? And he's sitting up there because he's so good, because he's so merciful. He's just like, sweetie, you didn't even see what was about to happen. This was the better of the two options. Believe me, that is protection. These are what I consider to be the pure version, my biblically backed reasons when we ask, when God says, I'm here with acceptance, attention, direction, and protection. I do not take this job lightly. To me, this isn't a job. This is my calling. I can't do anything else because this is what I'm called to do. Anything else would be a job. And with this job, I know that when I am preaching, I have to ask God. He gives me a thought. He gives me something, and this is great. And I had uh, acceptance, attention, direction, and protection. And I was like, okay, but what does that mean for them? The whole point of this I could have read this myself, done my own little devotion, maybe brought my family, maybe even brought my staff into it. They're paid. They have to listen to me. So, like, I could have brought them into it, and it would have been good. But my whole point is I'm like, God, why are you giving this to me? He knew who was going to be here this morning. He knew you were going to be sitting in that seat at this time. This is not coincidence. It's not because somebody made you come. It's not because you had extra time. Those may be the reasons that God allowed you to think that that's why you're here, but he wanted you here right now. And so I have to do my part in saying, God, then what does this actually mean to everybody sitting here? And this is when, y'all, you're getting ready to get on the couch now. This is, this is Pastor Jimmy therapy session. Get ready. When I asked him why, this was his response. He said, my children, my children are unable or unwilling to fully accept these four things from me because of undealt with, because of undealt with pain and trauma from their parents or childhood. I want to read Psalms 27, 10 through 11 again. It says, my father and my mother abandoned me. I'm like an orphan. But you took me in and made me yours. 
Now teach me all about your ways and tell me and tell me what to do. Make it clear for me to understand, for I am surrounded by waiting enemies. God showed me, said that this morning, and I've never, I've never done this before. I can't say that now because I did this in the 9 a.m. But before that, this was the first time I fully believe that there is people sitting in here. Might be one. I'm totally okay with that. I went into this. I told my team, if one person gets set free from pain and trauma that they haven't dealt with from their childhood, 100% worth it. There was other good things in here also. So if that's not you, can't say you didn't get anything. But if it is just for one, this morning has proved that it's not just one, that there is a lot of us, me included, that has things from our childhood that we haven't dealt with. And because we haven't dealt with them, they're, from what I am gathering, from what I am seeking the Holy Spirit, God is saying, this is separating me from my children. And the reason why he gave me, he said, give them the truth of the scriptures about acceptance, attention, direction, and protection. He said, because this is what too many of us do. I have no doubt about the power of the word of God. It is what created everything in existence. He spoke and created. I have seen the word of God. I've read it. I know that healing can happen in an instant. I have no doubts about that. The doubts that I have are how much do we believe it? The doubt I have is, are we using the word of God as a spiritual band-aid to say, yes, I know I have this pain. I know I have this trauma. It wasn't my fault. It was done to me. But you know what? That's in the past, and it's kind of ugly to look at, so I don't really want to talk about that anymore. I know that the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He's going to protect me and everything I do. He'll lead me. That's the truth. What happens when the fruit doesn't match the truth? Does the fruit of your life, does the fruit of your past trauma, what you are walking out now, align with the word? Are you walking with him that closely? Do you feel this overwhelming sense of joy and hope and appreciation when you think back? You're not going to just forget these things. Honestly, there's probably things that you've forgotten because you never dealt with them, but the pain's real. I spent years not knowing why I was angry. I spent years not knowing why do I get thrown into these fits of rage and why, because nothing's happening. Nothing around me is actually happening. And it wasn't until I finally had to get on the couch when I came to the end of myself and I had to ask, and I simply asked Jesus, Jesus, why am I so mad? Everything, I have great friends. I have a great family, a wife who loves me, kids who respect me. I'm okay at golf. Like, I got all these things going for me. Why am I so mad? And then Jesus brought a picture into my mind that I don't even remember. And believe me, I'm crying because I know the joy that I have from it now, and it's what I want for you so badly. My biological father doesn't really want anything to do with me. 
Like, I, all these years, I've reached out where, like, there's, I get a text on my birthday, and this and that, and I've tried to reach out, and it's just never reciprocated. I don't remember anything of him and my mom together. They were together for just a couple years after I was born. I don't, I can't think back and actually remember any of that. So I was like, okay, well, that clearly doesn't have an effect on me then. And in my session, when I asked Jesus to show me where the root of this pain is, he showed two-year-old Jimmy, what they called Jimmy Lee back then. Thought that was my name for a while. It's actually my middle name. I saw me as a two-year-old standing at a window looking out. And I just kept asking my mom, when's dad coming back? I don't remember that. Honestly, I don't know if that's even exactly how it happened, but I know that God showed me that for a reason. He said, this is where it first came in of you feeling unwanted. This is where it first came in of you feeling not valued, of you feeling abandoned. And so he had to bring me all the way back there. And then the simple question was asked, okay, what does Jesus think about you? And he gave me a simple saying that honestly I've carried with me for almost four years now. And I say it when I start to feel like that again. And all it was was, and I don't care if you agree with this or not. He's always said, everybody loves Jimmy Lee. And he told that to me when I was in that moment. When I was in that moment. And that has brought so much. Now the fruit of that has been that anytime I feel lonely, anytime I feel not valued or that I needed anything more than the cross to validate who I am, I can pull back that simple saying, no matter what I see around me, and I say, everybody loves Jimmy Lee because I know that that's what God wanted instilled in me from the beginning. So I ask God, then what do I need to do for everybody today? And like I said, I've never, other than this morning, and I feel like it went well, I've never taken a room through deliverance. And I know that might be a scary word, but really all this is, is God wants to identify the root of your pain and your trauma. Because he's sitting here, and I gave this analogy this morning. Every good father, it, it, it says, let me read it again. I don't know where it is. You know, if you ask for a fish, who's going to give him a serpent? If you're going to ask, whatever. If you, being evil, can give your son good gifts, how much more can I give you? You know what sucks as a father? When you give your kid a good gift and they don't do anything with it. When you give your child, when you've worked your butt off for this thing that they just doesn't really matter to them. When you've worked and put thought in, when you've sacrificed. I said it like this this morning. I was like, if my daughter 
If I built her a house and I put thought into it and I put the plans into it, I put my blood, sweat, and tears into it, my finances into all of this, that's my daughter's house. If she just walks in front of it and tells her friends, yeah, that's my house, that's from my dad, and then goes and lives in a box, what does that do to a father? What does that do? And I feel the father's hardness saying, I have this house built for you. I have this thing built for you. And you keep choosing to live in a box because you're not willing to go through the door. Because you're not willing to face whether it's the responsibility. Healing is a responsibility. You have to take responsibility for your part. The people that did it to you, it's not their responsibility anymore. Most of them probably aren't even in your life anymore. It is now your responsibility to accept what God wants for you. His acceptance, his attention, his protection, his direction. These are all the gifts that too many of us will hear something like this and then go back home and live in our box. And I felt when I asked God, what do I do this morning? I could feel his heart hurting, saying, I need my children to live in my house that I've built for them. I need my children to accept this. And what is standing in the way is this pain and this trauma that has been undealt with since childhood. Uh, Gola, you can come play. I'm going to have Gigi play just quietly as we go into this next part. Everybody, if you can stand up with me. And if I can get the, the prayer teams, just like we did this morning, a couple over here on this carpet and a couple over here on this carpet. I want to bring you back to Romans 8, 16. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. God gave me a picture of this. You know, I don't have everything to prove this right now, but I know it in my heart and through teachings that I've learned from Caleb, from a few others. I don't ever refer to the Holy Spirit as a he. To me, I best describe the feeling, the direction, the everything as a mother. And the Holy Spirit is here to guide me. And just like this, it says, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers in our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. I believe there is one major point, and don't get stuck on this because this may not be for everybody, but this is something God wanted me to highlight. Your earthly representation of the Holy Spirit, your mom, I'm sorry if that she didn't do her job in leading you and guiding you into feeling the fatherhood of your earthly father or your heavenly father. 
I'm sorry if your earthly representation, the Holy Spirit, is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I believe that there's someone here that is going to start, you are going to break the generational curse of what has been happening in your family by identifying what you did not receive from your mother. So that way when God tried to show you something and when the Holy Spirit tried to guide you into the Father, into God's fatherhood, you had no trust there for that. And I know that even generational curse can be kind of a hard word for some people to hear. You know what my definition of a generational curse is? Is this undealt with pain and trauma that it didn't start with you. I guarantee it didn't start with your parents. I guarantee that this has been something that has gone on for years and generations and generations that all this curse is, is we need the first person to be able to look it in the eye and say, I'm done with this having a hold on my life. I'm done with this thing having an effect on my spirit that of from blocking me from walking in my full identity in Christ. That's a generational curse. So like I said, one, don't get stuck on that. Don't say, oh no, my mom was fine, so none of this is for me. Don't do that. God wants to remove the blockage that has held you up from fully, from feeling fully accepted by him. From when God points his attention to you and you say, I just don't need that right now. When God comes in with his direction and his protection, what is stopping you from just running fully into that thing? I believe this morning that it is undealt with pain and trauma from your childhood. So this is what we're going to do. I need everybody to close their eyes. Let's take the piano down just a little bit. With everybody's eyes closed, Father God, this is a place of safety. This is a place of peace. And this is a place of comfort right now in Jesus' name. With everybody's eyes closed. If you want to confront this thing, if you want your life to change, if you want to see the fruit of this, of what God says, he, how he wants to father you, we got to get it at the root. And I know that's not easy, but I'm telling you from experience that even if you don't know what the root is, God does. But maybe you do. Maybe, you all, maybe you've had that one thing from when you were five years old rolling in your head this whole time. Maybe you had that one, that first traumatic experience with your mom, with your dad, with an uncle, with a teacher. So many people that have influence on such innocent little lives that they don't realize the pain, that years of pain and trauma that they're causing, even simply just by their words. We need to identify that thing this morning.
challenge you to ask God, God, where did it begin? What is the thing? And there may be multiples. Don't look for everything. But there is something that God wants to highlight to you. There is something that is going to be that specific peace that when we remove that, God's love and his acceptance and all these things will just start flowing so much easier in your life. So right now, I need you to take just a little bit of time and let Gigi play. With your eyes closed, ask God to reveal that thing to you, to reveal that moment of pain, of trauma that is still affecting you all these years later. So do that, and then I'll bring it back around in a second. is you need to confess this thing out loud. 
you need to take this from the from the dark places of your mind and your heart and you need to put this out into an atmosphere that is ripe for healing and that's what you are standing in right now you take that thing and you release it out so that way God can grab it and then fill you back with what he says about you. The most important part of my healing was to go back to that moment and say, God, what? how should I have felt as a two-year-old when I felt abandoned? How did you want me to feel? So you can go to these prayer partners and you can release that out and then they will help you to ask Jesus Take me back to that moment and give me your pure version of what should have happened here. Replace all that pain with how you would have treated five-year-old me, six-year-old me. Because when you really do that, when you really accept what God says about a traumatic moment, now that becomes the standard that you get to revisit that every time. That when it comes up, when a family member, when a southern, when a commercial reminds you about that pain, it is no longer the terrible thing that happens. You get to remember, oh yeah, that happened, but this is what God said about that. So that's option two. Option three, you let the Holy Spirit do the work and you come down to this carpet and you release that thing into the atmosphere and you ask God to minister to your spirit. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.